Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallow Water, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles. Well, welcome everyone to the First Things First podcast. Each week on the First Things First podcast, we have amazing, exciting, interesting people who join us around the table and just kind of talk about what God's doing when how God has been at work in their lives. And the awesome, the best thing about it is that these people probably your neighbors, right? They're people that you know and you see every day, but you may not know all these great, amazing things about them. And so that's why we do the podcast. And I'm super excited uh, to have with me today, Kagan Holder. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, Kagan, for us to have this conversation because I haven't had a lot of chance to, to really talk to you and get to know you. And so I'm just super excited to hear the, the Kagan Holder story myself today. So it's going to be really awesome. So, but I want you to introduce yourself to everybody. Tell, tell everybody who you are, talk about your family. What do you do for a living? Like share, share the, the essentials of Kagan with our podcast audience. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Kagan Holder and I moved to shallow water when I was in the eighth grade. Um, and then I ended up graduating from here. Um, I went on to go to school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so I just got my degree in general studies, but the Lord just brought me to the education world. So I'm a teacher at the middle school and I teach technology. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I really enjoy it. But I'm married to Quinn Holder. We've been married um, six years and we have two kids, Koi, he's five and in kindergarten. And then we have uh, Carter Joe. She is three and she goes to daycare. Yeah. She's something else. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's one of those in every family. Yes. It's a, you know, and I, I really, maybe it's because I was that, you know, kid, but, uh, but I really think, man, those kids that are like super energetic and they're flying all over the place, like God's got big special plans for those kids, man. I'm telling you. Yes. So. I always say she's going to be our leader because yeah. she just marches to the beat of her own drum. That's good. That's good. That's, <laughs> I love that. So, uh, okay. So you lived, moved here in eighth grade. Yes. And went all, I did not know this about you. So you went all the way through school right here in Shallow Water. Yes. Man. So when did you meet your husband? Um, so he's actually from Shallow Water too, but he's oh. five years older than me. So oh. we didn't really know each other. You knew um, of him. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Kind of. Yeah. Um, we always joke about it. It was Because he would have been like a senior when you were in. Seventh grade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so when you moved here, he was already graduated. Yes. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So his parents work for the school. So I um, knew his parents. Right. Um, and so, yeah, we did, we met after high school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just kind of unique that we're both from here and we both joked that we'd never come back yet. <laughs> here we are here raising are. our family. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So did you meet in college or how did you guys get together? Yeah, so it was actually Facebook, but yeah. um, just mutual friends. And then we were really good friends for a couple of years before we started dating, sure. um, which I think was really healthy for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but he actually lived in San Antonio and was doing the oil field stuff, and I was still going to school. Um, and then he proposed, and we moved to Dallas for his job. All right. Um, and then we got pregnant with Koi. Yeah. Um, like four months into our marriage. <laughs> um, I really believe it was God, though, because right. we wanted to come back. We just didn't have a reason. Sure. And Koi gave us that reason yeah. just because we knew we didn't want to raise our kids without our grandparents and help. Um, oh, we wanted the community. 
um, that we have in our family and friends. Um, so we moved back and then we've been here ever since. That's awesome. It's amazing how big of a game changer it is whenever you, cause Amy and I moved to Nashville. Okay. And we were living in Nashville and, uh, and I had a record deal and Amy was working for Thomas Nelson. And so we were doing all that stuff and, uh, we had really fun jobs. Like her job was, she was a publicist for, you know, the largest Christian publisher, you know, in the world. And she was having a great time, but, uh, but we knew it was time to have kids, you know, and when we, we got pregnant and, and had Carson and it wasn't very long after that to where we were, we were moving back to Texas, you know, cause 15 hours away from family oh, yes. was too much, you know, it was just too much. So, uh, and you do, you, when you want your kids to know your, your parents and you want them to know your family and that's a big deal. Yeah. I was really close, um, to my grandmother, growing up and so I see that playing out through my kids with my mom and it's really special just to see them have what I had with right. my grandparents yeah. um so we we really enjoy it we actually live on the same street as my mom <laughs> so that's awesome I'm like I mean we couldn't have gotten any closer <laughs> but it's it's really good I love it that's good that's really good and not not every mother-daughter relationship is like that to where that would be a good thing so that's really cool that y'all's is that you know yes that's a good thing that's yes good thing. And I'll, we're going to circle back around to your grandma, too, later on in the story, if we yes. could. Is it? Yes, sir. There's, I know there's reasons why she's such a big figure in your life, and so we're going to get yes. to that later, if that's okay. All right, good. Yes. Awesome. Well, that's good. So, Coy and Car- Carter Joe. Carter Joe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carter. I love both those names. They're awesome. Thanks. So, do you, is it both names, Carter Joe? You call her both names? Yes. Okay. Yes. Not- so, Joe is actually after my mom. Oh, I named cool. her after my mom. And then Coy... Um, was, uh, believe it or not, I found it on a salon in San Antonio, which is where Quinn lived when yeah. we met and I didn't like the spelling. So I kind of changed it and then come to find out after he was born, his uncle who passed away actually had a tattoo of a koi fish on his arm, but we had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's sentimental, but without yeah. really planning it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So Sadie, Sadie's name, uh, whenever, whenever Amy's parents, when her dad, he was in the air force. And he was stationed overseas, and he would write letters back to Amy's mom. And when he would do it, they had seen that Barbara Streisand movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but um, there's a song in there, Sadie, Sadie, Lovely Lady. You know, So he would, he would always sign it, Sadie, Sadie, Lovely Lady. So when Amy was n- wanting to think about what should we name our second daughter, you know, Sadie was the, was the name. It had, it had a little sentimental, uh, but only like you would have to write really – Think about it before you could put it all together. Like yes. you, it's not an obvious thing, which I thought was kind of neat. But that's fun. That's fun. Uh, Carter, I like the name Carter too. That was a good. We thought hard about Carter. If it had been a boy, Sadie had been a boy, she might have been a Carter. So I like the name Carter a lot. It's a good one all around. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and and Carson, you know, uh, Amy liked that name, but Cart, you know, Carson's kind of a boy's name a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. she just loved that name, and so we were like, let's do it. You know. And we changed the O to an E. That's how come, that's what made it so much more of a girl name. Yeah. It and we spell Carter with a K. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. That's <laughs> we have to be a little different. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Okay. So, uh, so Kagan, talk to me. Um, uh, you know, when we do this podcast, one of the things we really like to do is I like to hear about people's faith story. You know, like how did you, how did you come to faith in Christ? What did that look like for you? Um, who, who were some people maybe involved in that? story for you in your life you know so so share a little bit of your testimony like how did you come to faith in christ 
Yeah. Um, so I kind of have a simple story, yet it's not so simple. Yeah. Um, so my mom had me um, at a pretty young age. Uh, she found out she was pregnant with me when she was 15. Yeah. And um, actually had me when she was 16. And so we lived with my um, grandmother and so I got to be really close with her. Um, but eventually I had siblings and, um, I remember that, um, we would always go to church with my grandma. It was Sundays and Wednesdays and you just didn't miss. Um, and so I just have a really vivid memories of just going to church with my grandmother, um, in Plainview. And, um, so did y'all live in Plainview? We did up until my seventh grade year. Um, and then we moved to shallow water. Um, and so I remember my mom, um, we were at her house and I just remember my grandmother praying that prayer with me and having her Bible open. Mm. And I still remember I was in my mom's bedroom. Um, and then, you know, I got baptized and it was just, it was pretty easy. Like I just never, um, questioned my relationship in Christ just because, I was, I just always went and yeah. and that's just what we did growing up. It wasn't anything to ever waver from mm-hmm. because both my mom and my grandmother were very strong, um, in their relationship with the Lord. And so I just saw that growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story. And a lot of the people that I talk to, it's, you know, in our podcast, it's like that. And, you know, they, they grew up with this example of faith being lived out in front of them. And so so when they surrendered their heart and their life to Christ, it was really like just a natural progression of what was going on in their life already. And I just think that's so beautiful. And it's important for parents to know that. Like if you're listening to the podcast, I hope that you're I hope it makes you think, man, the example that we live out and the faithfulness that 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 we have in our relationship with Christ and dragging our kids to church or whatever mm-hmm. else it is, like that really matters. Yeah, it, it's really been an eye opener for me and how I raise my kids um, because I remember it. It didn't matter if you stayed the night at a friend's house or right. um, what was going on. You were waking up and you were going to church. <laughs> And I remember as a child, sometimes I was like, oh my gosh, this, like, I just want to sleep in. Why is it so important? <laughs> yeah. Um, and now I'm like, I, I, I get why it was so important. But right. it's really taught me um, with my family just how important it is and what I'm instilling in them even when they don't want to come. Right. Um, but I also, you know, especially like with the COVID thing and listening to it online, I think it's great. But... I just think that we're called, um, especially my generation, to get up mm-hmm. and bring our kids yeah. um, because it's just such a good testimony right. um, to see and hear and, and feel that love of Jesus. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And it, it's been a tough season, you know, going through all of that, um, you know, where we were disconnected. Like, I remember being a pastor during that time in my little church, and I mean, it was I just felt the weight of the world, you know, because I couldn't, I couldn't interact with those folks the way that I was used to doing it. We were recording all of the services in the living room of my house, like live streaming from my the living room of my house, and like I would, Sadie would do the welcome and the announcements, you know, and me and Carson would lead worship, and then I would preach, and it was all like with an iPad in in my house. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was fun for like a couple of weeks to do that with my family, but then after that, I. I missed all those people and that connection that you have with other, it matters so much. Yeah. It matters so much. Yes. 
So you were how old were you when when all that was going on? I was nine. Okay, yeah. Yes. So elementary school. Yeah. Yeah, second, third grade, probably right around in there. Uh, I think it was third. Yeah, yeah. Third yeah. or fourth. Okay. So. So so you make this commitment right when mm-hmm. you're you know when you're in elementary school, okay, and then uh, so then how did that look like kind of going forward? Because surely there were times in your life wherever you were like really serious about that. And the other times maybe where you weren't. So how did that look kind of going forward for you? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, like I said, I had a pretty easy life despite my circumstances growing up. Um, you know, with a single mom who was really young, she gave me the best life I could, you know, ever dream of. Um, but it was easy, you know, I mean, I had to go to home and she took me to church. Um, and so, there wasn't a lot of struggles. I mean, I remember in high school, D now, like I was always involved. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of like testing up until I got to college. That's when I, um, really felt like, okay, I have to make decisions. Like I either have Mm. to go down the road that the Lord has called me or I'm going to be in trouble. Um, not that, that I did anything bad. It was just like, he was, he was testing me. Um, and you know, when you get to college, it's like, okay, you're a big girl. Are you going to wake up and go to church? Are you going to sleep in? And so those were just decisions that you had to make, but I still got up and I went to church with my family just because that's how I was raised. Um, but there were things, um, like in my dating life, um, you know, that always tested me. And, uh, I remember my grandmother and my mom and I, um, we went to see Beth Moore at the uh, United Spirit Arena. She's my favorite. She I is just, so good. I love her. And I just feel like you always remember something when you see someone really big like that. And I just remember, you know, her saying, if it doesn't bring you closer to God, then it's not God. Mm. And um, that helped answer a lot of questions that I was going through, you know, um, like, is this who I want to marry? Is this right. the road I want to go down? Um, not that he was bad. I just felt like the Lord was trying to tell me, I have a different story for you, right. but I need you to listen. Yeah. Um, so I felt like once I got to college, that's when things, um, you know, started to change. I kind of had freedom and I just had choices to make. Mm-hmm. And um, I just had to make sure I was making the right choices. Um, so dating would be one that I would say was kind of, testing me but thank goodness i met quinn <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and i can I, I there's so much that i would want to unpack and and that you know first of all if you know if you're listening to the podcast and you're a college age student you know um what gosh kagan what you said is so true like though you're starting to make decisions that will affect the rest of your life and of course you're doing that in high school too right i mean i wish more high school students knew how impactful the decisions that they were making really are. But but you really are making decisions and you're building habits that are that are gonna that are gonna guide you for the rest of your life. So like getting up and going to church and right. and you have to proactively seek out faith community. Like it yeah. it doesn't come it's not like when you're a kid and, and you don't really have to work uh to to have church friends and that because your parents are doing all that stuff for you. Like you have to look for that when you're in college. You have to make yourself go find it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I remember, you know, I'd wake up and go to church. And even when Quinn and I were friends, I'd be like, hey, are you going to church? Like yeah, we would kind of yeah. hold each other accountable. But I remember like our second real date, 
I said, are you going to go to church with me? Right. Like if, if this is not, if you're not going to wake up and do that, then I'm not going to waste my time. And it was because I had that habit yeah. from when I was a child and then making that decision once I got to college and had the freedom up until, okay, like this is, this is going to affect my life and I need a spouse that's going to support me and do it with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was when, that was like the second, on the second date I asked him that and you know, he was of course said yes, yeah, but I was yeah. like, okay, I just want to make sure we have this, we're aligned. Yeah. Okay. Ladies, listen, there is nothing <laughs> wrong with right from the start, you setting up some expectations. Look, before we go a step further, I need to know a few things, right? There's nothing wrong with that. No, and we were friends. It wasn't yeah, yeah. Like, like you knew him. You know? Yeah, but I needed to know Sure, he was going to be there because if not, I knew. I, I knew my mom and my grandmother. <laughs> it, they just, it, it wouldn't go. be good. And so, you know, it's like they still hold me accountable and I'm 27. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I still think like, okay, you know. They're gonna ask. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm, have I'm to gonna explain I this. am, and and they hold me accountable, and I think I think that's that's good, and mm. I want to do that for my kids. Right. You know, like, hey, yeah. are you are you going to church? Mm-hmm. Are you on the right path? Are you making good choices? Right, that's so good. I, I also think, and I wish this is an important thing, and, and because I have two daughters, it's I think it's true for everybody. All right, but but particularly with with girls, and I see it a lot in my daughters, you know, that um, how important, how much of an impact the the person that you're, that you're dating, that you're, you know, kind of giving your heart to, what kind of an impact that has on you, on the way you view yourself, on your relationship with other people, on your relationship with God. It's amazing how the choices we make in dating, mm-hmm. how big of an impact that has on us. And you kind of touched on that a little bit that you had to learn about, about that too, about how that kind of reached into all these other areas of your life that maybe you weren't aware that it was going to reach into those areas of your life, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I dated this, um, guy for five years and he was great. Five Um, years. Yeah. And so, it was it was a shock to everyone. They just assumed we would get married, and and yeah. that was fine. But I just I, like I said, I I had to really listen to the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. it was hard right. um, to make that decision, especially when you had a lot of eyes on you and expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just trusted the Lord, and like I said, I just when I heard. Beth Moore's sermon, mm-hmm. um, and, and still being plugged in when you're going through difficult things, um, really helped. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that truth, you know, that she's touching on is so important, you know, cause there really are two categories of things, you know, those things that draw us to Christ and those things that turn us away from him. And, and the things that turn us to Christ, we have to chase, you know, <laughs> you have to yeah. go looking for those, you know, right. so that's really good. That's really so. Did you grow up in this church when you were in Shallow Water? Like, where did you guys go to church when you were growing yeah, up? Yeah, we actually grew up. All I right. grew up going here. Um, uh, and so up until I went to college, this is yeah. where I went to church. In and your then, home church? Yeah. That's so really it, neat. It's, it's kind of crazy being back here, but it's I good. I love it. That's I, awesome. I do too. It's so, special. So, who tell me some of the people 
you know, that were going here at that time, maybe that had an influence on you? Like, uh, were there, was there a youth minister that was really important to you during that time? Like, talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, when I grew up here, it was actually Pastor Mitch yeah, yeah. Wilson. Uh-huh. Um, he was our pastor here. Um, but um, the Peters yeah. were oh uh, pretty impactful. I graduated with their son. Oh, okay, All Yeah. Right. Um, and so uh, that's really cool just to still see them. Um, they're, and... they're, those are two of my favorite people in the world. Yes. So love them dearly. So Yeah, those are two that just off the top of my head mm-hmm. I can think back to. Um, it's kind of changed a lot since yeah. when I was younger. Right. Um, but one of my favorite things that the church is doing is apples of gold. Oh, um, and so all I can think about are those ladies yeah. um, and and that impact that the church has had on me six years ago. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, it is it is really cool to, to grow up here and then be back. Yeah, that's really... So like I moved around a lot when I was a kid. So my dad was a JCPenney store manager. So, so we lived for like fourth grade through my sophomore year. We lived in Nacogdoches, Texas, which is almost in Louisiana. You mm-hmm. know? And But before that, like I had moved a bunch of times, you know. And then my sophomore year, spring break, my sophomore year, we moved to Dumas, Texas, which, you know, like the opposite end of the state, you know, from Nacogdoches. And, uh, and so, but, so I don't have that story. And then like the longest place that Amy and I have lived as a married couple was in Plainview. And we lived there for, uh, six years, a little over six years. That's the longest we've ever lived in one place. So like Carson, at one point, my oldest daughter, there was a time when she was in the fifth grade, she had been to like four or five different schools by the time she was in the fifth grade, because we would just moved around a lot. So we don't have these. Yeah stories of these people that we knew when we were little that we still see all the time like we didn't have that yes um and now that i've had a little more time to think roxanne oh Saint yeah Claire, yeah she was actually my senior year she was um over my girls group oh, and um cool. we focused on hebrews 11 uh-huh. 1 and i it still pops up everywhere and i'm like okay roxanne it's like almost like it's her <laughs> um, yeah speak it to but you. yes she had a, a really big impact That's um cool. growing up so yeah she's an impactful person I yes. think. like when you meet roxanne like you don't forget that you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> like you <laughs> yeah you remember that interaction that's, yes. that's true that is true so that Je- roxanne and justin also two of my favorite people we went on a mission trip to Puerto Rico, the first summer that I was here, and also the kids came, you know, so like, you know, so Mia and, and Blaine and Presley were all there, and I got to hang out with them, and and man, I, I just love that whole family, yes. you know, so I've really enjoyed getting to know them since we've been out here, for sure, for sure. Yes. That's so good, man. Uh, uh, there's a, I want that for my kids, you know, and, you know, so Carson didn't really have that opportunity, you know, we were moving all the time, and then... Uh, so she didn't really have a, a group that, she, you know what I mean, where she's been able yeah. to, but since she's been coming here, it's been really awesome for her to see that and be around it. And, and I want for Sadie, like, I would love it if, you know, Sadie, you know, when she was, you know, married and in her mid twenties moved back here and you know what I mean? And so yes. I just think that's beautiful. So yes, we're thankful. Yeah. That's a good thing. So, um, so you're, you're, you went to college and you really felt like the Lord was, 
working in your heart and life. Sounds like pretty early on in your college careers whenever the Lord was like, hey, we got to get some things straight. Is that right? Yes. So I got married when I was 21. Like I was engaged right after my 21st birthday, got pregnant at 21 and had Koi when I was 22. Okay. So so you, let me, you got engaged and married and pregnant. Yes. Like all in the same (laughs) calendar year. Yes. Girl, that's what you were getting work done. I know. So, I mean, growing up, I knew I've never been super career driven. I just always knew I wanted a family and I wanted kids. And so when I met Quinn, I knew I was like, he's the one. I'm just waiting on him to make the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, we had a four-month engagement. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the reasons being he was getting transferred, and I just didn't want to live with him until we were married. And so we just decided to do it pretty quick um, so that I could move down there with him. Um, And so we did. And then, like I said, it was just all God working, and he knew Koi would be the only way we'd move back. So yeah. it was by accident that right. we got pregnant. Um, and so, but yeah, it was, I had to grow up real quick. Yeah, but it that's was good a for lot me. of change yes. in, in one, and it's good change, but there's no getting around it. That's a lot of life altering. No, and so I didn't actually graduate college until Koi was four months old. Okay. So I remember, you know, rocking them, taking a test online. <laughs> um, I actually finished online at WT just with the journal studies degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I have what I want. I have a baby and I'm married. Now what do I want to do for a living? Right. You know, it's like I did it all backwards. Right. But that's that's the desire that God gave me mm-hmm. um is to have that family and be a mom. Yeah. Um and so then just God orchestrated um a job here at Shallow Water. Yeah. I had no teaching experience and right. they offered me a position. And so I got an alternative certification and then I've been there ever since. So yeah. five years ago. Wow. Um, and I really love it. I love working with kids. Um, it's just, it's a great opportunity and platform to make a difference. Yeah, no, it totally is. And I mean, gosh, I, I've a couple of different times in my life I've taught, you know, for a year. So, uh, and I loved, loved it because I love kids. I really do. I, I love, especially like uh, high school and late junior high and high school students. I, I love working with that age group. But man, it is a, it really is an opportunity to speak into people's lives in a way that, that really no one else, I mean, as a pastor, you know, there's, there, there, teachers speak into kids' lives in a way that I'll, I would never be able to do, you know? And it really is a beautiful calling. It's the, but it's also the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, really? Yes, there there are challenging days, um, but the good days outweigh the bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I I remember thinking <laughs> both times when I was teaching. The last time I I taught at Southcrest, we moved to Lubbock, in gosh, when was it? Maybe twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Maybe we moved to Lubbock, and I taught because Amy got offered a job at Wayland, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were you know, living in Missouri, you know, but, but it was a chance to get back closer to family. And so, and, and it was also for her career. Like she shot herself in the foot so many times following me around, you know, I was like, we've got to do this, you know? So we just took a flying leap, you know, and, uh, and I uh, ended up getting the job at Southcrest and I taught there for years, a wonderful experience. I loved it. Um, but, uh, but I remember like at Christmas thinking, man, I, I need some time off. <laughs> like I'm yes. exhausted. 
you know, I preach a sermon every week, 30 minutes. And that, okay, I understand that's generous. It's probably more than 30 minutes, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but when you're teaching, like, you're doing that all day. Like, one after the other. And I was exhausted. Yeah, except no one raises their hand to ask you if they can go to the bathroom. <laughs> That's the truth. I, I don't have to deal with interruptions. I don't have to, you know, you're right. You're right. It is, it's crazy. And you have to be on, like you have to be up and you have to be engaging all day, eight hours a day. I mean, it's that, it really does take it out of you. People don't realize how hard of a job that is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, it it really is worth it. It's been it's been really good for me just to pour into a lot of different students and um it's always good to have feedback, you know, right. and and knowing the impact that you're making in, you know, young children's lives. Yeah, not everybody not everybody gets that. Not not everybody gets to lay their head on their pillow at night and think, "You know what? Today I made a difference." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and some days you can see it more clearly than others. I get that. But, yes. But I think that is probably the rewarding thing about teaching is that you know what you're doing matters. Yeah. You know? So. Absolutely. All right. So talk a little bit about where you are in your life right now. I know that God has kind of led you and your mom in some cool directions and and he's kind of working in your life right now in some really cool and powerful ways. So share a little bit about what you're learning from the Lord right now and what's going on in your life right now. Yeah. Uh, as my husband likes to say, I like to stay busy mm-hmm. <laughs> 24-7. I never can turn down a good opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but, you know, right now, um, gosh, I'm just teaching, raising yeah. kids, but I also um, am, am a part of a nonprofit called the Mercy Movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I remember me and my mom were driving down 82nd, and um, we would just started talking about how we could help young girls going through unplanned pregnancies. Because that um, was your that was your mom's story. That was my mom's story, and so you know, my mom has always been very honest with me about mm-hmm. everything that she went through. Um, and so, like I said previously, she you know got pregnant with me at fifteen, had me at sixteen. Um, my biological father was older than her. He graduated and went on to the military. Um, he wasn't a whole lot of help, but he he was there a right. little bit. Um, but we, like I said, we lived with my grandmother, so that is one reason that we're super close. Right. Um, is just because we all grew up together, and yeah. um, you know, sometimes hearing my mom tell her story, you know, she puts it into perspective. Um, like when we talk about this and share this with other women, like she didn't have a driver's license. Wow. And, you know, it's just like you, how, how did you get to your doctor's appointment? Like, I just had so many questions, like who bought my car seat? Who, who gave you formula? You know, I just had a lot of questions. Um, but she has always been, um, super good to just be honest. And, and a lot of it was my grandmother's help. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, once, you know, she found out she was having me and went through her freak out, you know, right <laughs> mode, like, what, how am I going to do this? Right. She knew that God was telling her that she had to keep me. Yeah. Uh, she didn't know how she's going to do it or what it was going to look like, but she just, she just knew, um, from her faith that she had to keep me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually went 
um, to a program in Louisiana that was partnered with Joyce Myers, and um, it was a Christian-based home. She actually lived there um, through her pregnancy, and I, you know, she always says, like, this is her story, but she always told me that that kind of helped her through that time. Just, you know, they always drew her closer um, to the Lord, and so I was actually born in Louisiana, and then after that, she brought me home, and, yeah. and we lived with my my grandma. Um, but, you know, I remember her working, being a single mom, and I, re- I still remember the first house she ever bought. And I'm mm. like, wow, like, as an adult now, I'm like, she paid for a car, she paid for a house, she, and she paid for a kid, and she did it by herself. Like, right. it is, I am in awe of how she did it. Mm. You know, it is just like, it's almost like she's... A superwoman, you know, in my eyes, because I just see how hard it is. And I have a spouse, yeah. you know, to raise kids with. Um, but um, I just always remember it just being me and her and mm. my grandmother. So anyway, um, you know, she went on to meet um, Bradley, who, who helped raise me yeah. um, up until... A few years ago, and um, so, like I said, we were driving down 82nd, and she was like, I just feel like we need to help people like me who went through the things she did, and I was like, yeah, you're right, and I'm really outspoken, outgoing, Um, and she's like, well, I'm going to need your help. Mm. I'm like, yeah, we can do it, and so it actually took a year and a half to figure out what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do it, and really pray about it and see where the Lord was leading us. Um, So we, um, in February, launched our nonprofit called The Mercy Movement, and we just help um, single moms going through unplanned pregnancies. Um, And really the heart behind it is just looking back at my mom's story, she needed the help. She needed the guidance. Um, and a lot because these girls don't have the kind of mom that my mom did. Yeah. Um, and my mom always says, and I love it that she says this, but she always says, is it going to be easy? No, but it's so worth it. Mm. Um, and so we just have a unique story because we changed through God we changed the, the path of our story right? Um, by choosing pro-life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she had a lot of decisions to make. Um, and thankfully, she had God to guide her. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just feel like we are the living testimony. We are showing these girls that, is it going to be hard? Yes, but it also is doable and it's also worth it. Yeah. Um, just to know, like, you can, you can raise a baby and you Mm -hmm. can do it, um, by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what we're doing right now. Um, of course there's lots of obstacles. Um, you know, the devil always likes to plant little seeds in your head. Um, but you know, we really like it and we love doing it together. Um, and so we just, you know, it's also brought up more questions that I've had, you know, and, and I'm just so thankful that she's always just honest with me. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, how can we share our testimony with these girls? And, and they really connect to her. Yeah. Um, and she knows what it feels like and how um, alone it can feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I told you before we started, you know, my mom 
uh, and I've told this story, I think, on podcasts before. But my mom was single with four kids, you know. She'd been through two divorces and just, you know, was had been through abuse and was it was bad, you know. And I, I remember thinking, like, at that time in my life, though, like, we were single. She was single. We were living in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> so maybe, like, I don't even know. It couldn't have been 900 square feet, you know, 800 square feet, something like that. Tiny, tiny. That was, we had mice. I mean, it was just, it was just, we were on like welfare, food stamps and everything mm-hmm. else, you know, and her parents, my grandparents are really awesome and supportive and helpful. And, and like my granddad's my hero, you know, he, he really is a huge figure in, in my life. But I look back on that time though. And I'm just telling you, like, it was one of the happiest times of my life. Like, I don't, I don't remember it being hard. And uh, so I resonate a lot when you tell your story with that feeling, because you said that, right? You, you don't remember, like looking back, you can see, but there, there was a lot of struggle. Yeah. But you don't remember that. No, I don't. I remember her, you know, it was, it was a good day when we went to Taco Bell and I oh. got the Mexican pizza. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> that was our thing. Like, what, like once a month. You know, we got a treat and we would go to Taco Bell and, and because it's like the cheapest place you could possibly go. And with, with four kids, like there's no way we could have gone anywhere else. Yeah. We would go to, we go, when we went to go to Taco Bell, it was like, that was like, you, you, you couldn't have taken us to Las Brisas Steakhouse, <laughs> right? And we wouldn't have been more impressed. Like that was, that was the real deal. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I remember that. It was, you know, I couldn't wait. I was so excited. Yeah. You know, and I just remember certain things like not getting a drink. And I catch myself yeah. doing that. Like, yeah, even yeah, with yeah. my kids, I'm like, I'm not spending $4 on a drink that you're not going to drink. <laughs> um, and I just remember we would love to stay up late and yeah. we would have chips and hot sauce in right. bed together. And you know, one of my favorite things that she ever took me to do was to feed the ducks. And and we did, life was, in my eyes, so simple. Yes. And now that I'm older, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you were doing amazing things. And yeah. I just thought life was, was glorious. And mm-hmm. so it's really cool to see it through the lens of both right. a kid and an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until I've had my own kids that I've appreciated what all she did for me right um and knowing how hard it is because you know i'm a grown adult i'm not still going through high school and you know she had to finish her high school career um you know half a days and online and it just really changed the direction of her life when i came along Uh and i'm just so thankful that she chose me you know and well she is too you know right i yeah she is, yeah. She's probably grateful every day. Yes. You know? so. Yeah. So just walking testimonies, and and we get along really good. We butt heads a little bit because we're alike, but yeah. but we're we're really close, and we're really close to my grandmother. But you know, it's it's always been their faith that has kept me going mm-hmm. because I just I just see you know them living it out every day, and I'm like, I I want to be like that. Um, and so, yeah. You're when you're talking about like all these things that you remember, you know, like feeding the ducks, you know. So, uh, you know, you know what I, you know what one of the things I remember. So I remember, you know, my mom's second husband. I mean, I some of the things that I remember him doing to her, like seeing, you know, they're things I can never erase from my head. I mean, it was 
it was dark, you know, mm-hmm. it was a really hard time. So, um, I remember one time, <laughs> I don't know why I remember this. I remember it was raining and we lived in Knox city, Texas. So, which is like this tiny town, there's maybe 1200 people in Knox city, you know? And, uh, and and Knox City is like all these little West Texas towns. There's no drainage at all. Like it, mm-hmm. they, they have streets where all the water funnels to this street, and that's what flows it all out. And they have those you know dips, you know yeah. ditches everywhere. That does kind of work. Well, uh, so it was raining, and my mom uh, asked me if we, if I want to go walk in the rain with her. So I, I remember, I don't even I couldn't have been maybe four, you know, but I remember walking down canal street in knock city which is what it was really it was like a canal you know there's the water you know in the street running down the street and i remember walking down that street and i remember you know as a four-year-old i remember thinking this is the best day ever like this is you know what i mean yeah and there's so like my mom deserves so much credit because it was chaos like our lives looking back on it now i mean i it was chaotic and it was hard and it was dark, but, but my mom would do all of these things, you know, to make it, to bring like light and joy and, and love. And there wasn't a day that I didn't feel like I was loved and cared for and that right. I was important, you know, to her. And, um, anyway, so my brothers, you know, they were younger than me. So they, you know, they don't, they don't remember all of that the same way that right. I do. And I remember, you know, there's this closeness that happens when you're, you know what I mean? Yes. It was us against the world, man. You yeah. Know? So I have two younger siblings. My brother uh, is 21. We're seven years apart. Right. And then I have a sister, Kennedy, and we're 18 years apart. Wow. So it was me for a while. A it was time. just me and mom, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. yeah, we do have that bond. Um, and just being the oldest right. child, you know, and I always liked to parent my siblings. <laughs> me too. I remember you know. after my mom married my dad. So I was probably in the second grade whenever, and my dad adopted me when I was in the sixth grade. My, my father, natural father, son of a parental rights and my dad adopted me. So, but they got married when I was like in the second grade, you know? And I remember one night, so one night, my my brother Ty uh, fell out of bed in the middle of the night and started crying, you know. And my mom got up to go and get him. And my dad was like, "No, no, let me do it because, you know, I need to start doing these things if I'm going to be the dad, you know." And he's amazing. Like I'm so grateful for him in our lives because he's like that. He really wanted to be a dad, you know. Yeah. Anyway, by the time he got into the room, like I was putting Ty back into bed and tucking him in and making sure he was okay. You know, mm-hmm. like my dad, he literally had to sit me down at one point and say, Brad, if I'm going to be the dad, like you're going to have to let me do some things. Cause I thought that was my job. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and, and was very protective of my mom and, mm-hmm. you know, and so, uh, so I, I, I'm this, I was the same way. Like I thought I was the boss, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Was I, it weird when your mom got married again? Like, so, because you're another person's being inserted into this world and it's been the two of you, you know what yes. I mean? So how did that work? How did that adjustment yeah, happen? Um, so she got married to Bradley and he's who raised um, us. Um, and so, yeah, he was wonderful. He just, uh-huh. you know, stepped in and, and helped her and us. Right. And, and so it was good. Yeah. 
Was it easy for you to though let him like have somebody else yeah, in the picture? I think so. He was always super mindful of you know like asking things and, yeah, and making yeah. me feel a part of it. Right. But I mean, I'm still protective of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it ever goes away, no, no. but it just I just feel like it's my role just to protect her, even though I'm like. Yeah, I wouldn't want Carter Joe to protect me. I'm like, I can do it, you yeah, know, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe it comes with age, but I'm still pretty protective of her. Oh, yeah. Well, and like for me, I think I knew that my dad was going to be my dad before he did or my mom did. Like, I really believe the Lord told me that they were going to get married and he was going to be my dad. And 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 my mom asked me, they broke up. Actually, they had been dating for a while and they broke up. Mm-hmm. And my mom came in and asked me one night because she was really struggling with it all. And she was like, uh, you know, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about Gary? You know? And I said, well, he's going to be my dad. Like, <laughs> what's, what's your problem? Like, yeah. how come you haven't figured this out yet? Like, cause I knew, you yeah. know? So, so that helped a whole lot, you know, having that. Kinda... Yeah. And, you know, looking back, I'm like learning how to parent, you know, you want to parent, but you also kind of want to be their friend. But yes. there's a very distinct line. Right. And I feel like my mom did so good because yeah. I was her friend, but she also parented me. Right. You know, and taught me right from wrong. But now that I'm older, we're like best friends. Yeah. You know, yeah. like we'll go on walks in the summer in the evening and we can just talk to each other, you know, and I'm like, okay, mom. I'm going to tell you this, but you can't get mad, you know, <laughs> and, and she knows it's coming and, you know, she's very understanding, well, but it's when we go somewhere, people always think we're sisters. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, really me and her are closer in age than I am to my sister. Yeah. Because you're 18 years apart instead of 16. Um, and so it's, you know, she just, we just giggle because yeah. the cards are dealt. Uh-huh. You know, and we can't go change anything. And so we just, we laugh about it. And we're just like, no, she's my mom. And then they always think my grandmother is our mom. So right. anytime we go anywhere, you know, she, my grandmother loves that. Yeah, she does. Uh, sure. But um, no, we just, we just go along with it. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. We just have fun with it. That's good. Yeah. All right. So the mercy movement. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so. Uh, do you have, you have a website? Do you have? Yeah. So we have social media. Um, we, like I said, we just kind of started it on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, we went through some lawyers just for the, um, legal aspect of it. Um, but we do it all ourselves. Um, is there, is there anything that you need? Like, like if someone's listening to this and they're like, Ooh, man, I would love to help with that. Is there is there any way that 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 people could get involved with what you guys are doing and help you out? How, what talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so um, we have a website and social media, and we post a lot of our needs on there. Oh, good. Um, but we're always taking diaper donations and wipes. That has been something that has been a constant need. Oh, sure. Um, you know, when we do take clothes um sometimes that's just a little harder because we hang on to them Mm -hmm. a a little while longer um but we really don't turn down anything just Mm -hmm. because when you're in need you're in need um but we um have been working with a sweet girl who um aged out of foster care Mm. and um you know she she doesn't have any family um and so we have partnered with her 
Um, and while she was having the baby, she got her car repoed. So we're working on um, getting her a car yeah. so that we can get her into a workforce program. To She does work, but we just, um, you know, want to help her find a good sustainable job. Um, right. And then they offer also offer benefits um, for child care. So we're really, you know, not just pouring into these women by helping them with a couple of diapers. You know, we mm-hmm. really... Um, invest in their lives, um, whether that be a prayer partner, um, driving them to their appointments. We took one girl shopping um, because she she didn't know what a bib was. Um, you know, yeah. so we also teach them things that they need just to live for themselves and for the baby. Right. Um, but like I said, we are raising money right now to help her um, get get a car, get back on her feet. She's taking the bus, and yeah. and we go and we check her out, and um, you know she'll show us like this is this is my bus stop, and it's heartbreaking. You yeah. know, it is heartbreaking to see how I could have grown up or the things that I could have endured mm-hmm. that I didn't because of the help my mom got, and so we just um, we just want to help those women, you know, and and lift them up because. The world is hard. Yeah, it is yes. hard to survive, and it takes a community, mm-hmm. and it takes people, and that's what we're called to do is to be servants. And so we just want to go out and serve these women, but it does take community. Um, yeah. And so that's been one of our obstacles is just getting the word out. There's so many people who still don't know about us. Right. Um, and, when, and like I said, we started in February. Yeah, um, and just... so, you know, the devil always likes to, to compare, like I am bad at comparing and, um, you know, I'll see like where my mom went, I see that nonprofit and I'm like, I know she started from nothing, you know, right. how did she get here? Um, and then, um, Park Ridge here in Lubbock, you yeah. know, I see them and it, they've been in business for 30 years and, right. It's just hard to to see them and then something like ours. And mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, one person or 50 people or 50,000 people, it yeah. doesn't matter when you're doing work at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And you guys, you're working with those people. Like, you know, you guys are all on the same team, engaged in the same work. And so yes. like, so, you know, the people that you're helping are people that would, would, would not have gotten help from Park Ridge or Joyce Myers or anybody else, right? Yeah. So, so you just kind of have to focus on the people that God is leading your way to help and, and then just do the best you can helping those folks, you know? Right. And with the church, we actually just got to go and hear Lisa yes. speak at, at um, the Park Ridge event. And her testimony was, oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and just for anyone who is listening, um, or who has gone through an abortion, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just want you to know that you are still loved oh, and yeah. forgiven and that, you know, we hold no judgment, um, for, for that choice. Um, that's just something that we always like to say because yeah. people have struggled with that, but there is redemption. Oh, totally. Totally. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's one thing to talk about that. It's another thing to be in the situation that these girls are in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, and I and I, I I'm so thankful to get to talk to you, right? Because like, when, you know, when you're sitting across the table from someone, who, you know, a a a woman could have made a totally different decision, you about about whether to have the baby, whether or not to have right. Your mm-hmm. mom could have chosen abortion, and everyone would have understood that, right? Right. But she didn't. And sitting across the table from you, like, is 
this amazing and beautiful example of why I am a, I'm pro-life. Right? right. Because there's no way that your mom, even in her wildest imagination at that moment, mm-hmm. when she found she's pregnant, there's no way she could have imagined you and how you were turned out and the woman that you are, right? And the kids that you have and the family that you... She could never have imagined all that blessing, all that goodness. Right. You understand what I mean? So there's that, right? But the other side of it is... The other side of it is that as, mu- as much as I believe in that, as firmly as I believe in it, as passionate as I am about it, talking to a woman who's in that situation with no support system and nobody help to help, you know, um, gosh, it's... I get that. Like I understand and uh, how painful and awful and difficult the decision is for them when they're in that boat. Yeah, you know? it's like they feel helpless. Yes. And it's almost like despair. Like mm-hmm. and not just for them, but like when they look into the future, they're not seeing when when we found out we were pregnant with Carson, like I'm I remember just dreaming about what she would look like and 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 and, you know, what she would look like when she was eight and what she would look like when she was 13 and who she would be when she was in college. We're having these dreams. When you're in that moment, though, and you look into the future for your child, like all you see is heartache and hurt and brokenness yeah. because that's all that you've experienced up to that point, right? You don't right. have any hope for the future of your child when you're in that moment, mm-hmm. you know? And so... So I, under, I, I agree with you that we have, to, we have to have mercy and compassion for people who are in that moment making that decision. We really do. But on the other side of that, right, when you can come alongside a person like that and begin to help them see, no, there is hope. Like there, there is a future for your baby. You know, <laughs> if you decide that, you, if, you, if the Lord leads you to keep this baby, right, and not give it up for adoption, right, if you believe you're supposed to raise this baby, then, then the Holy Spirit's going to empower you to do that. And there, you're not alone, as even if you feel like you are. Like we, and, and, and you can begin to help change a person's outlook where they start to see, oh no. They, right. can, they can start to imagine their, you know, their kids starting kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And how amazing that's going to be. And, they're, and, or, and their, their child you know, graduating from junior high. You know what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you can start to envision that stuff when you have people alongside of you who are sewing into you and saying, no, you can, you can do this. We will help you. Yeah. You're not alone, but you need that in order to be able to even begin to imagine that stuff. You right. Know? And, you know, thankfully my mom did have a good foundation yes. of the yeah. Lord, but a lot of the women we work with don't, they don't, they, they don't go to church. Right. They don't hear, um, the goodness of him. And so, you know, whether whether we can really get them where we want to get them, we are still casting prayers on them. Yeah. We are still, you know, showing the light and the love of Jesus and, mm-hmm. and planting that seed. And sometimes just, you know, having the love or someone who cares goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I have to remind myself is even even when I can't give them all I want to give them, just the love and showing compassion and caring for someone who really has never had that uh, is really impactful. And it's impactful for me too, just to see driving in some of the neighborhoods and delivering some of this stuff that it, it's just eye opening. Yeah. It just makes me so thankful for how I grew up. And, yeah. and, you know, I could never thank my mom and my grandmother enough 
for choosing life and yeah. for choosing me. Yeah. Yeah. And your grandmother for like, like making it possible, you know, like helping your mom to dream about being a mom and, mm-hmm. and imagining who you might become one day. I mean, that, that's such a beautiful gift. And, and you guys are doing that through yeah. the mercy movement. And, and I don't awesome. want to make it sound like it was easy. Of course, it's not my story. No. I think they butted heads a I'm lot. Sure and did. I think, <laughs> I think it was very difficult, yeah. but they did it and they did mm-hmm. it together, um, yeah. through the hard, through the good, mm-hmm. um, they made it possible. Yeah. So, so good. I, well, I, I'm so, I'm grateful for the work that you guys are doing. We, you know, uh, we're, it's, it's in so many ways, it's a really exciting time, you know, because, you know, I think, you know, the, you know, we've always believed, you know, that, that life begins at conception and that, that, that life is precious to God. All life is precious to God. You know, always believe that. And, uh, and, 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 and now I think, you know, we're starting to see some, some changes in the legal landscape that, mm-hmm. that value that, that, that value some of those same things. And that's good. Right. Um, but, uh, but now there's, there's also this amazing responsibility that we have, right. To, to love on these, these young women who are caught in a situation where they don't see any hope, right. you know, they don't see any way forward. And, uh, but, but like our heritage is hope <laughs> in Christ, like, right. our, like, our our inheritance from God is hope. That's what He's given us, and that's that's what we get. That's what we receive from Him. That's what we get to pass on. We are we are people of hope, and we can give that to others. So, all right. Um, there's a car. There's a car that Kagan and her mom are trying to buy for a young lady who needs it. So, if you're listening right now, that's a that is a way that you can help right now. As soon as you hear this podcast, that's a way that you can help. We can have links to their social media, Mercy Movement social media in the liner for the show notes, for the uh, for the description of this episode. So you just go down there, you can click on it, you can go there, there'll be information for how you can contact them and how you can help out. But let's buy, let's buy this young lady a car. That's a good way to start, right? That'd be like great. It. Let's yes. do it. Okay. Um, we just got back from Belize. A few of us went to Belize on a mission trip. And so when we go, you've got to go. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because... In that country, there's just there's almost an epidemic of single moms. Of uh, you know the culture, uh, the culture there is that is the is that the, the men don't stick around and they you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was unbelievable. I can't even I, I can't remember the statistics, but we heard the statistics, and I mean it was something like uh, like seventy eighty percent of children are being raised in single parent homes. Like like wow. that shocking of 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 a, a statistic and um anyway so so everywhere we were going down there we were you know everybody is trying to figure out how do we deal with this how do we help these moms who are in this situation like over and over again you know and so uh so if your heart is single moms it, you know we, we we were just blown away by the need there so um so when we go you know you you got to you got to make plans to go because I think you'll get down and be like, oh, there's work that we yes. can do here too, you know. So, and a lot of organizations that we can partner with that are doing good work there. But, um, but man, it was what a pleasure to get to talk to you and and hear your story. Thank Kagan. you Thanks. so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, I don't know why. I'm always surprised. Like every time we get to the end of it, I'm always like, that was awesome, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it really was. It really is good to hear your story, and it's awesome to hear what God is doing in your life. And thank you for. Thank you for sharing 
that stuff with us, really. That's all. That's really great. Yeah, of course. It's it's scary to put yourself out there. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people don't know, even in the small town. Sure. You know, when they hear, they're like, I didn't know your mom had you that young. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's scary, but it's worth it yeah. to impact people's lives. So, yeah, no, no doubt. Thank you. So, okay, if you're listening, if you're listening right, right now, and, uh, and I mean, who knows? Maybe there's somebody out there who, you just found out you were pregnant, and uh, and you have no idea what you're gonna do. Um, Kagan, I want to tell you, you're not alone. There is hope for you. There is hope for your child. There, there's a way forward from from where you are right now. And there are people who want to help you. So we just want you to hear those words today. You know, and uh, and for those of you out there, maybe you're in a tough family situation. Uh, and, and, and that seems kind of dark to you, right? And, and, and even painful for you. Well, gosh, both of us have had those experiences as well. We, you know, situations that the world would look at and say, man, how do you get, how do you survive that? You know, well, I mean, the Lord does it. He did it in our lives and we know that he can do the same for you. So we want to help any way that we can. Um, you're welcome at first shallow water. There's a bunch of us people here at first shallow water that you know the lord has just rescued you know there's a bunch of us so so if you're if you're in that category and you're in need of rescue you come here because you fit right in so uh and we'd love to we would love to have you but i hope you're encouraged today by this conversation and um and and i hope you just hear if you're sitting in front of kagan you can see the love of Jesus just working all in her. But I hope you hear it on the podcast too. Uh, and uh, and if you don't know Kagan, you need to introduce yourself to her uh, and get to know her a little bit. So what a great time. Thank you again. Thank Appreciate you. you very much. So we'll, uh, we'll be right back here next week with another amazing, fascinating, interesting story from someone and you're not going to want to miss it. So y'all have a great week and uh, and we'll see you around town. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.